Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George Railroad Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series. You're listening to Podcast Little Fell, the Small Council Initial Reaction Edition. And now, here's your host, the Hand of the King, W. Axel Foley, the Master of Coin, DJ Tim Hines, the Master of Whisperers, Donald Jr., the Lord Commander of the King's Guard, Michael Hull, and the Grand Maester himself, Heath Snowlow. Hello, guys, and welcome to another wonderful edition of Podcast Littlefell. Just kidding. I'm hosting today. I am the High Sparrow. All that other crap that Axel came up with, we're throwing it out of the wall. So today we have DJ Tim Hines, who is the man whore from Flea Bottom. We have Heath Snow, a defector coward from the Night's Watch. We have <laughs> Cal Folo, the leader of the Calazar, since he let me host. I'll be nice to him. And we have Mike, Mike Hole, the stone man. And I am the High Sparrow. This is not a, well, this is an initial reaction, but this isn't a small council. You, are, you guys are on trial. And what you're going to do is... You're going to confess to me what you thought about this episode, and I might let you live. So how do you like that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is already off to a great start. <laughs> okay, so we had a jam-packed episode today. Uh, I'm still a little hyped from the NBA Finals game that uh, some of us have just watched, so I got a lot of energy, and I have a Red Bull with me. See, uh, today we have Heath Solo, who wasn't with us last week. He was off getting molested by Sand Snakes in Dorne, and now you're back. So, Heath, I'm going to give you the first word. Let's start off in Dorne. And I want to hear what you liked or what you didn't like. What do you want to hear? Uh, initial reaction or you want me initial just... Initial reaction about Dorn. Just Dorn. Just Dorn? Just Dorn. Um, better. Mm-hmm. But what, what made me upset why uh, Oberyn's uh, paramour was just chilling, drinking, when they made this big thing where she got caught. So it kind of... I know she's the mother of four nieces, but... Uh, or three, or whatever... You know, um, I, I really don't like Dorn, but I, I thought this was much better. And there was no stakes of Braun, like what was going to happen. The fact that he got punched in the mouth actually was kind of cool and that he's alive. So, eh, Dorn's, Dorn's probably the weakest part of the episode. But, I, you know, because it seemed like the stakes at the end. Okay, you can go back, but, you know, my son's coming with you and yada, yada, yada. So... No Dorn for me. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting it to kind of go on to next year, but it looks like they're going to put, it, for the most part, a cap on it. So, W. Axel Foley, what do you think? I happen to agree with Heath. It was better. Um, I think it finally made sense, and I had said before, why hadn't we seen this? This is like we should have seen this right after they got caught, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't. 
it was better, but it almost made the other stuff worse because it like had no connection really, especially the poisoning. Um, but, uh, it was fun. You know, I, I, I just want them. I, I thought it was interesting that he's going to send his son there. Um, I, I don't know. Is he up to anything or what, you know, what Doran is thinking about doing that? And is it really just, Hey, we've got to keep this strong. I mean, obviously he has, he doesn't seem to know what's going on in King's Landing. So I don't think he know, like, obviously he doesn't know that Cersei's locked up and that the, you know, the High Sparrow, you, have taken control <laughs> of everything. So in light of that, it, you know, it doesn't, it wasn't a good idea for him to send his son. Um, as far as everything else i was glad you know they built up like what the punishment for Braun was going to be and then he just like kind of knocks his jaw out or something so i was like whatever but um it worked better this time because i had very low expectations and they didn't really <laughs> you know they didn't really try to do much so i guess it was interesting when you said they're going to try to wrap this up and kind of send him back and um yeah, I think that's interesting if we kind of jump forward in the next episode and and Jamie arrives um at King's Landing and sees what's been going on. I'd like to see that. So that makes it more interesting to me. Yeah, and and to me it kind of goes a little bit more with your theory that Cersei is going to die. Cuz I think it would kind of be kind of weird if she did die and Jamie was like off fucking around in Dorne and he like doesn't know, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh we'll throw it over to the man whore Tim Hines. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, yeah. The, you know, I'm down for uh, getting some manhole action with those sand snakes, but, you know, they look good. I'm definitely say that that was a cool cool part of the uh, the scene. But, you know, like I, I agree with what you guys said. It was it, a little bit better than all the other scenes, I think, because there was no, you know, like expectations. Everybody was really much shooting it down. So, and this didn't have too much like, uh, you know, fake scenes cut up from other scene scenes in the show, um, pieced together to make, make that, you know, garden and everything. Like, it was just, like, in a room. But I kind of think if you piece it all together, like, it happened quickly. Like, I know it, it happened to us over a few episodes. Like, it seems like it happened rather quickly because the way they were treating Jamie, like, it made sense then why he was in that room like that, you know, instead of, like, a cell. Um, you know, they gave him the respect that, that kind of he should have, you know, gotten as the uncle father. Um, but, we, you know, we did, we did, uh, we did get a lot. Like, the, the stuff with Alaria, like, blatantly likes knowing about how much he loves Cersei. So now her bringing that up is just like, all right, so now most likely she's going to die. And because, you know, finally he starts talking about it, you know, or we keep hearing about it more and more. And she just blatantly says you know that marcella was her daughter so you know it's kind of really out there everybody seems to know know it so even when they do get back to king's landing what's going to happen i can't you answer know, that sorry you know what i mean like you know what i'm saying like with the sparrows like you know if everybody knows that that you know why why wouldn't they just grab him too right away yeah i think that that's everything that's kind of building up you know what's going to happen are they going to grab jamie too but uh, I guess we'll we'll leave this up to 
the stone man who is stone cold with his opinions. Give it to a straight mic. <laughs> Dude, Dorn sucks, and, and right now you suck for starting with it. I, I mean, have to get it out of the way. I, I, get, get I guess. There's so many more exciting things to talk about. I'm going straight Bubba, dude. Skip ahead. That is that is perfectly <laughs> fine with me. I'll throw it, I was, throw it up. I was just, I'll say this one thing. Originally, okay. I thought it was cool as a book reader that they, you know, that the whole thing, what was happening with Jamie, because we know that's not how it is in the books. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool and it was a good idea and, you know, it was going to work. And that was all wrong. And at this point, they could have left him out rather than show this crap. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too far behind you. And I think they've just ruined the Sand Snakes. None of them seems to have a personality except for the one girl that the other one calls a slut. I didn't get the whole hand slapping scene. I was like, do I? Am I supposed to care about these girls? Because I don't. I don't care about any of them. Um, I'll open up the floor. If anybody has anything they want to say about Dorn, now is your chance. The only thing in Dorn I like is Roger Dorn from Major League, baby. <laughs> I, th- I think a few Ravens could have basically wrapped up what, all of what happened in Dorn. Probably. They could have just done it in one episode, honestly. It's about, what, 15 minutes worth of screen time? Screen time stretched out. Stretched out. But uh, we'll move on. And, uh, I'll send this Dorn to death. And let's move on to <laughs> my favorite girl, Arya. And we'll do it in reverse order. Mike, you can start this time. Uh, it was... Uh, I liked seeing Arya... Um, I felt like we are, I, I, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was more to remind us of what a bad guy Marin Trant is as much as it was about Arya. I did like though, in the end when she went back and she actually told him a lie and he, I mean, do you think he believed her because he, <laughs> he took it at face value, but he stood there and gave her the, you know, I can't believe you just did that, Eyes. So at first I thought, you know, at the beginning of his look, I thought that he bought it. At the end of his look, I thought that he didn't. I did. That was my favorite moment, though. I agree. I thought it was more of a let me see where she's going with this sort of thing. So um, So you think he didn't believe her? No, I I don't. That that look said it all to me. I don't think they would have lingered on him that way. But and, And they've already established that he can kind of tell even in like the quickest of moments if she's just lying about it. Now, it could also be on the flip side that she just got real good at lying. But I guess uh, we'll see what Tim Hines has to say. Uh, I think stupidity, stupidity. She, th- this, there was a lot of stupid things that happened in this episode, and this was one of the worst. Like, it completely took her off the path of, you know, like showed us that she's not ready to be down with the, the face the uh, faceless god the, and uh you know I, it's just i don't know it, it i i liked where it was headed and now all of a sudden she's back to being Arya. as soon as she saw Marin trent and then like what who gets that close gets yelled at gets all the attention brought to her like if, and, and then it, see building up like she's gonna do something and then nothing she's got poison she's got the the, the oysters and clams and cuckles whatever the hell those are, and it just, I don't know, it was all strange to me. The only cool thing is I liked about this was the way it was shot. I thought it was cool because we were getting some good information while we were focused on different characters and different angles, and, like, through the uh, the gates view, and then you hear, uh, when you heard Mace talking, it was just, I, I like the, the, I guess, the you know, the way they shot it. But I just, the uh, Arya stuff was just stupid. <laughs> well, they, 
Thank you for your honesty, at least. What what I got from it, honestly, was she she used everything that she learned. You know, she used that character. She became someone else. She followed the guy. She learned something about him that could possibly she could use against him. If she if we start off the episode next week and she's dressed like a whore, then you know she, what's what's going to happen. But Cal Folo, drop some knowledge on us. Yeah, um, I think he totally knew. Are you there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I had myself muted. Oh, okay. No problem. So as not to disturb this wretched, what used to be a small council that you have ruined, Donald. (laughs) (laughs) Ruined! Um, uh, Okay, I was going to say, I think he totally knew, and I don't think it really matters, because as I've said before, if she's she's accomplishing it, it doesn't matter what road she takes. If she decides to, I mean... But within the within the bounds of I could see him saying to her, do you do this um, uh, for the God of many faces or for Arya Stark? You know, I mean, the way I think and the way I'd like to see this go down is that it doesn't matter because she's on this path. Whether she decides to kill one guy or the other, like you're saying, if she's if we see her next time and she's dressed up. Um, as you know, a prostitute or something, and she tries to get him that way, then she is doing that. You know, she's still accomplishing her goal. So I don't know. I think that the whole thing was pretty cool, though. Yeah, but going back to the earlier thing I said on that old podcast we used to do, podcast. <clears throat> um, that we would, you know, I said that it was almost like a, a you know, Luke on landed on Dagobah. And it's almost turning out to be like that. She's not completing her training. Like, there's no way that she fooled Jagan Hagar. Like, there's no way. He knows everything. And why wouldn't he have other people out watching? And she blew the mission. She didn't get it accomplished. So, you know, it just it didn't didn't work for me. Like, I, I don't know. I just thought she was, you know, she blew Eat it. Snow is going to drop some knowledge on you guys right now. Yeah. All right, go for it. Wiggy, wiggy. Wiggy, wiggy. All right. This was the plan all along by Jack and Hagar. Oh. By her taking that right or left, it's not about the uh, what I called a loan shark and that got called out as an insurance salesman. I don't know how you got that from the show, but that's I'm not very smart. That's why I'm not the maester anymore. I think the whole time this was going to be the mission. With Jack and Hagar always saying, I don't know. She may or she may not. Is she ready? Is she not? I think killing Sir Marin Trent is... The, the real mission just going out there on a limb uh it's how she adapts to it the only so i i think it's all part of the plan why jack and hagar was like you lie you you know you're, you're gonna kill him tomorrow i think jack and hagar knows who she's gonna kill uh my question is they gave you 82 looks of sir Marin trent looking at aria you're like <laughs> oh did he notice her oh did he not oh he noticed her so it was kind of interesting. I assume he didn't, or he probably would have slit her throat. Uh, but, Donald, what do you think? Wow. Do you think Sir Marin Trent figured it out, or he's just like oh, another young girl? Uh, well, I don't think he would have slit her throat. She's probably worth a lot more than, oh, okay. than, than that okay. now. Um, but, yeah, they, they also they threw in that little, he's a pedophile, so maybe he was just looking at her because she was just some, um, try to be respectful, just a um, good, uh, attractive girl to Sounds- him. <laughs> So I don't know, uh, Mike. Did you have anything you want to add as a as a book reader from that sort of perspective? 
Uh, I just, you know, I think that her storyline has been condensed pretty well relative mm-hmm. to the books uh, overall. Um, and I think that, you know, the way this whole thing is working out is actually, uh, I'm fine with it. You're talking about it as a television show, you know, I mean, there's one thing to think about, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's been condensed and left out, but I think they've really kept all of the important stuff. I've been pretty happy with it overall. I would agree. And now for the three non-book readers, and don't worry, you're not on trial for not reading the books, but Tim, is Arya going to get a new face this year or what? Oh, wow. I like that question. Well, after what I'm seeing today, I don't think she is going to get a new face. She blew it. Interesting. Bolo. Maybe she already has one. Ooh, I like that. You got the best theories all the time. Solo, what do you think? No face. No, no face. new face. No new face. Okay. Oh, do you want to expand that theory that you had? Maybe that's why we saw so many shots of him looking at her, because he should recognize her, right? I would think maybe. she. I mean, she's grown up to us, but to him, it might just be like an older girl that just kind of Oh, could it be if she looks in a mirror, then we see something else, but we're going to see Macy Williams. That's as the what I'm trying to say, man. Yeah. That, that when she dis- when she made that decision, she she like somehow earned that, you know. She did become that. That's what I'm saying. That I think that this uh, is. I don't know if it was planned, but I think that this is the correct way for her to do that. You have to kill. She has to finish that list, you know, before she can truly be completely. Uh, a faceless person but in the meantime she already is that would be cool but you know we'll see what happens i like that i, I love the the um axel foley non-book reader theories best in the business baby yeah. tim were you trying to say something no that, that was that was just good really really good theory yeah, no, that was me. Down down. I said, let's go back to Dorn. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> Dorn is sentenced to death. It is not coming back. i tell you where we can go, someplace that you defected from. Heath, let's talk about the wall. The wall come crumbling down. <laughs> uh, we didn't get as much as I thought, but I'm glad they're back. What about J- the, the main thing? John smirked to Ollie, and Ollie just totally dissed him. <laughs> no, what do you think really... about that little kid, though? I mean, no, the the he's gonna do something. He might kill Sam, or I I don't know. Something's <laughs> gonna happen. They've been building up Ali 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 Oxenfree for so long. <laughs> it something's going down. But Sir Alistair Thorne letting them in, and it was kind of cool seeing the giant and seeing everyone look at the giant. Um, gosh, I. I don't know what's next because I, I doubt we're going to get more White Walker battles this season and one episode left. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. I, I just think something's going to happen with Ollie is all I'm going to say. I don't know what, but something's going down. Well, well it's interesting because I was listening to the old uh, initial reaction podcast that we did when Ned Stark died. And then I was listening to some other ones. And, like, episode 9 has always traditionally been, like, the big thing that happened. And then episode 10 is, like, basically set up for next year. So I feel like that it's not necessarily following that plan anymore. 
I feel like that that White Walker battle was pretty cool and everything, and it's probably the best battle we've had in years, well, ever probably on the show. But I just feel like there's more coming, and now the the conflict is sort of internal now. It's all everybody's on this side of the wall. So how are you gonna mix all these people together? And then you have this character of Ollie, which it isn't in the books. Well, me and Mike Cole probably know exactly what's what he's gonna do or not do, but he's not in the book, so it's such a wild card, and I can't say for sure either way. So. Uh, Foley, do you have any insight into anything with the wall? Any kind of cool theories or anything? Uh, no, I'm glad that we saw him come back. And I thought it was good that, like, I was thinking, is Jon Snow going to have to be like, open the gates? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I thought that would kind of put him in a bad position entering the wall. Mm-hmm. And I think that it shows, you know, Sir Alistair just waits, just that is Sir Alistair, right? Yes, yes, that's him. Okay, see, the old you mentioned the old podcast, so I forgot everybody's name. Um, <laughs> it was funny. I listened to it too, and at one point, Matt is like, "Aria, is that her name? Aria?" Yeah. And I was like, "That's hilarious." Um, but um, I was, you know, he just he waits just long enough to kind of send a message, but not make him look bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Ollie goes, I don't know. I think it's a little overdone to me. You know, it's like we've had to check in on him for what, like four episodes running or four out of five where he, you know, voices his displeasure with this. So it's like you could you only need to do that once for me because that's all we're seeing of him. It's not like we get another scene where the guys are picking on him and Ollie's got a blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like this is just kind of, beating us over the head with something what is he going to do i mean it's obvious he's either going to like save john stark uh john and help him john snow and help him or he's going to try to gank him or he's going to but there's nothing i think that shot was interesting because you see how the size of the wildlings so dwarfs the 50 men of the night's watch yes so really, once those gates are open, it doesn't really matter what Ollie thinks because he could get got, you know, it's not going to be difficult. How many people are 50 guys can be able to take out, especially when those 50 guys are not like great warriors, you know? So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Ollie. It just like, it's, I just in a little way, I just feel like get on with it. I don't really care about this kid. I understand they killed his family. That's horrible, but it's been properly explained. So accept it or not. But it also, it's just the show showing it over and over again. You know, I'd rather yeah. see other stuff. I need to give us a little more credit. I mean, we know he's going to do something, whether he yeah. steals ghosts and ride off on him or something. He's going to do something. Probably going to get himself killed. Who knows? He's not in the book, so I don't know. T- um, Tim Hines, man whore, what do you think? I don't know. I think I, 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 my theory was blown about Ali and the poison with Sam, but yeah, <laughs> Ali's definitely up to something. He, I don't like the the looks. Uh, you know, he's just that's bad news. That's your, you're supposed to be his squire, and you know, that's not how you look at him when he returns. And you know, that John feels bad enough now. You know, and that kind of added to it. So John feels like he failed the mission because, you know, when you see the first group of people come in, it is a lot of young folks. And like little kids, you know. Then at the end, you see a, a, some of the like bigger warrior warriors, um, 
but you know there's not a lot and you know i guess he also feels bad that, that the people who died you know while he while he was doing that mission but you know i don't know why he should really feel too too bad for them he got as many as he could out but uh, you know there's a lot weighing down on him i'm sure he's still thinking about seeing that that uh that white king guy the the big guy um you know th there's a lot going on there uh i thought you know rushing it along you know the, it just you can't do it the the giant walks kind of slow to keep up with everybody so you gotta you know let it ride out but where the hell are they going they're just gonna like go to all those farmhouses and they're supposed to be content you know like yeah you know, are they gonna train with the the night's watch are some gonna stay there you know there's a lot of weird logistics going on yeah well uh did you manage to get a count of the wildlings for us too I was trying to count, but then they, they cut away. Some were like in double shots. It was, it was really hard. I would yeah, say uh, like probably like 4,000. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're way outnumbered now like, to Axel's point. Also, about your theory with Sam, maybe it's just that Sam has a lot of body fat, so the poison will take a while to, to re react. <laughs> you never know. Could be. He just drops dead in the finale, and we know you're right. <laughs> uh, Mike, you have anything you want to say? You've been quiet over there, buddy. Uh, I mean, you got to give the Wildings some kind of credit because they did see what John was talking about. And the Thins were the ones who said they weren't going to go. Mm -hmm. I fucking ate the Thins. And, you know, so they start walking, you know, so like presumably most of the people who weren't going to go are the ones who got killed anyway, right? Because everybody else was walking toward the water. So... I mean, I think that that's got to affect how, I mean, that has to affect the reaction of the people, you know, when they see that, like, we've seen that now, so let's go on the other side of the wall and not kill these 50 dudes who are nice enough to get us on the other side of the wall, but let's try and figure out what we're going to do with this situation now. Mm -hmm. so I, I think it's time for a change. So, I... I haven't really participated much in uh, in dead people eating living people culture. Uh, <laughs> Axel had a nice tweet about how you can't curse on national television, but or what did you say? You can't curse on network television, but the two most popular shows in the world are about dead people <laughs> eating living yeah. people or whatever, something like that? Yes, that was it. So... Uh, I've watched a couple of the movies, but I haven't really watched like you know Walking Dead or any of that kind of stuff. How was this? How was the sh the the big battle last week in relation to those? Because everybody's just like this was the most amazing thing, and it was definitely cool. But it was like, did it not? Because I mean, it seemed like the monsters were kind of similar to other show and movie monsters, didn't it? Uh, what do you mean? I just mean that they, like, I don't know. It was, it seemed like everybody was talking about it. I mean, you literally called it possibly the best hour of half hour of television <laughs> I ever. loved it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think as far as a fight, like, action scene goes, oh, The Walking Dead, it doesn't compare because on The Walking, you don't watch The Walking Dead? No, we're going to. It's slow know. zombies. So these are like the 30 the days later zombies or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they're rabid dogs in the walking dead it's just like they're like rah, rah, rah. 
So, so what? Okay, but you are you already made the comparison to the Twenty Seven Days Later movies, right? So, what was it about this that felt so kind of? Because I mean, it was definitely cool. I enjoyed it, but after avoiding it, you know, Twitter and text messages for a week, and uh, just kind of seeing how everybody reacted to it, I'm curious to hear from you. I know I wasn't. We're not talking about this week now, and there's so much other cool stuff that somehow we haven't gotten to, but. What was it about this that seemed different to you from other zombie things? Um, just the speed, the intensity, the emotionality. I just thought it was fantastic. And I love, you know, I'm a sucker for, like I was saying, like I think that that opening to Saving Private Ryan is like, like maybe the best action movie ever done. You know, like I that kind of like, going on the beach it's like chaotic i don't know i just bought it yeah you know and I it was very good but it did remind me of that of 27 days later yeah. so i was kind of like oh that was cool it's yeah. that only with bow and arrow yeah well i like that movie <laughs> there you go then <laughs> and it's 28 days not 27 oh, oh lord <laughs> oh my I god sure, so I didn't want to say in the movie. listen i quit the podcast <laughs> i quit <laughs> You guys are sensationalizing those movies anyway. But look, um, I do want to say like, something. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say I felt like last week was kind of the the wall finale. You know, so to see, I th I was surprised that they spent as much time there this week as they did. Yeah, I think, I think like I said, I think what they did was show the conflict on the outside, and now they're going to show the conflict on the inside. So um, one thing I did want to say about last week, uh, I do think the Battle of Helm's Deep is better and from the second movie, the second Lord of the Rings movie, Axel, but I understand what you're saying, though. They, there was some definitely cool stuff. Yeah. One of, one of the things that just that still sticks out to me is when the, the waterfall of zombies, they just run off the cliff, and then any other yeah. movie, they're, they're too broken up to do anything, but these guys just get up and just run at you, and it just it just shows you how amazing that is, but... That's, um, I mean, I, I mean, I want to go on and on about it, but the discovery of it was there for me too like last week you i you were like there didn't really show us anything i was like oh no there was the sword and the knight's king and there's like all that that's what i kind of liked it hit all these beats too it wasn't just like carnage carnage car it was like interesting oh look you know magic cool weird what's that so right. I, I kind yeah. of like why are but, they are they attacking are they intelligent oh my god it's the general's guy you know it's like cool but at the, at the same time like all he did was kind of just stand on top of the horses and the one guy just walks down. They didn't, to me, they didn't show much more personality than we've already seen. And I was kind of hoping one of them would maybe talk or something. But Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, so we only have two things left, really. We have Stannis and we have Danny, and I think it's Heath's turn. These are both probably going to be big, big talking points. So, Heath, you it's can not just pick one. Turn, actually. Is it not? Well, no. I'm hosting, so it's your turn. Go. All right. Well, <laughs> who are we talking about again? Either Stannis or Danny. I think that's, those are the only other places we visited. Right, you know in this what, episode. I'll, um, I want the other guys to get the thunder of the big stuff, so I'll go Stannis. Okay. Uh, I honestly thought that Shireen was going to survive the fire. I thought it was going to be this big revelation. Um, I'm going to throw some controversy out there. Oh. I'd love to see who thinks this is not worse than the Sansa wedding night scene burning a child um it's tv again i i was a little affected by it but 
you know, not where I'm like, oh, God. Well, you know, Mike said off air it didn't end the episode, which thank God it didn't or else it would have been a little weird. So we had a lot of great stuff after that. But it just I really didn't think it was going to happen. And when it did, I'm just and, and actually to see her mom be like, stop it, stop it. Gave her some credibility. Uh, I'm kind of pissed at Stannis. I just don't understand. I guess we'll see why burning her all of a sudden is going to change the momentum. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't as invested in the character. Not that I was invested in Sansa as much. But still, I, she was so sweet. Yeah. You know, and the fact the big thing I got. So, I mean, it disturbed me. I'll be honest. Um, but I can recover quickly because it's a TV show and it, it's still still kind of hitting me a little bit. But the Davos scene with her really because I'm like, did Davos know that's what was going to happen? I mean, no I way. felt like he did why he gave he her did. the gift and was leaving. Uh, I, well, well, he. I think yeah. if Davos knew, he would have took her, just like he got Gendry away. Okay, I think he's he's too good of a person. Really? Okay, I I think he had some sort of idea, but you're right. Maybe he didn't know. Um, it just felt like he was saying goodbye for good, though. Maybe he thought he was never going to see her again. Not that she was going to get killed, uh, you know, burnt. Um, it just it just seemed kind of fitting. I, I don't know, but you're probably right. But yeah, I, I think I, that was the, that was the point of him getting Davos out of there. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, that whole I can't believe they did that. I mean, this show freaking uh I, I just I, I was hoping I was hoping that I thought they were going to like start to burn her and then burn the mother or something cuz she's been getting king's blood by injection, I guess, but um I don't know. I I just uh it, it was kind of rough. Yeah, I I'll say this and then I'll let you guys have it, but I feel like that scene was almost the exact same scene as the Sansa scene where you have something unspeakably horrible happening to an innocent girl and you don't show it. You just hear her screaming and you looking at the faces of someone else and you're seeing their reaction to it. I feel they played it exactly she's the dead. same. She's dead where Sansa's still alive. Granted, yeah. Sansa's been through a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I've kind of kept my mouth shut about that because I agree, like, kind of both sides of it. But hearing a young girl scream in fire is much worse to me than someone surviving a wedding night. Yeah. I, I'm just, well, that's all I'll say about it. But don't don't worry about it because you're going to piss I, off somebody no matter what you say. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If, yeah, go for it. I don't it. know. I think that holds true a little more for you than, than Heath, Donald. <laughs> I think you're right. I may well, get a free pass, but if I don't, hey, that's just my feeling. Yeah, but my, my whole thing is that I don't care. I mean, it's a TV show. We're talking about a TV show. It's all horrible stuff. This show has been showing horrible stuff since the first fucking episode. If you're not used to it yet, then don't watch it. Don't listen to my podcast. Go jump off a cliff. I don't care. It's Donald's it podcast now. It is now. So, um, what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to skip over Axel because I think Axel actually had some things in line to say. For this, and some guy was tweeting us about it for some reason, just me and Axel. But, um, Axel, I'll give you a second to get your thoughts together, and we'll hear what Tim Hines has to say about it. Oh, first of all, I think that Davos definitely knew because when he was told, like, to, to go on that mission back to, to the wall, uh, to Castle Black, that he knew he wanted to take 
Shireen and Salise. And he, and, you know, immediately stands like, no. And then he asked again just to take Shireen. And then he told Shireen, you know, like all like nice, gave her the stag and, you know, told her that story. He, I feel like he knew that something bad was going to happen to her. I don't know if he knew that she was going to get burnt, but he knew something bad. But as far as Stannis goes, fucking stupid. Another stupid, <laughs> stupid thing to do. And this episode had a lot of stupid things going on, like I said before. And this is definitely one of them up there. Like, who would burn their own child? He was talking to her like he knows that he's the king, like the, the true one, like like almost godlike. You can't, like, that to me, he completely is off the rails now. And now I'm like totally like, like, I, I just, I don't know. I can't. I don't know how to feel about this guy at the at the moment. Like, yeah, I don't like him. I never liked the fact that he was just blindly following Melisandre, and I kind of thought he was, you know, just like halfway buying into it and just using it as a, you know, possibility. But now that that he went this far, this is this is insane. And uh, you know, that girl was that little girl was cool, and you know, she she really like warmed up to the audience. I I, th- I feel, and you know. Taught Davos how to read, and you know, and that book she kept referencing, you know, the name of the episode. I feel like is going to come into importance, and Davos is going to get back. He's going to grab it, start reading about something, and uh, you know, but I got to say, you know, I pour one out right now for Shireen. Hey yeah. Tim, real quick, how many times did they say "Dance with Dragons"? I believe this- it was four. Yeah. Okay. I it was like for Crow last week. New so. record. Mike, I'm, I'm going to let Axel have the last word. So, Mike, what do you have to say? Dude, I've been saying fuck Stannis since, like, season <laughs> two. Like, I mean, that guy sucks. And Melisandre's crazy. And, I mean, yeah, it just, like, the whole thing sucks. And he looks old and, and ragged. And I hope he freezes to death. <laughs> I've never liked him, man. And I don't, you know, it's this whole, yeah, it's the whole God complex. And it's the whole you're the one. And all. it's just like he's gone completely bats at this point, And I just don't. Mm-hmm. Too many people have died for Stannis. I don't like it. I hope Jon Snow sends him 50 wildings and no horses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be kind of kind of funny. Well, not funny, but it'd be kind of ironic if he does all that and then he still gets beat. Hey, did you guys notice, I, I back to the numbers thing, it was kind of funny that after they set the blaze, they're walking around it, and Davos goes, it seems like it was a group of about 20. <laughs> and Ramsey's like, well, yeah. I need us about 20 guys. <laughs> like, that was really? Weird. How do you know that? that? For you, Tim. It's like, it seemed like exactly 20. Okay, um, so let me just set up this, this next little discussion for Axel. Some guy on Twitter uh, handled Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones and me. Mr. Jones... Talk about uh, fairy tales. Yeah, he knows. Uh, oh, so he so he sends us a, tw- a tweet and he doesn't like it. He says that it betrays Stannis's character. And this guy's coming from a, a book reader's point of view is what he's saying. And I think Axel had some some important things to say on this subject. So I'll let you just take it from here, Axel. Well, I mean, as far as that goes, I think. I mean, I think I said this on the last podcast. I was like, he's going to do it. The the character of Stannis, since we have gotten to know him on the show, I don't read the book, so I don't know, has shown that the thing that overwhelmingly he desires and thinks he must do is be the king, and he will sacrifice anything 
to be the king. So regardless of how he's portrayed in books that I didn't read, which might as well be screenplays that they changed while they were on the set, you know my feeling mm-hmm. on the difference between the books and the and the uh, show is I'm interested, but it's just out of curiosity, you know? Somebody put it interestingly, I was listening a little of this podcast, but I only listened to very little because I was scared it was going to be spoilers, A History of Westeros, where the guy was saying, like, it's like the books and the show exist in, like, parallel universes. They're each their own thing and worth whatever they are to the people that see them. And it's just like people were getting upset that they burned a little girl on the show. It's like, come on. It's like Donald said, this is a show that started out with uh, Bran getting thrown out of a window (laughs) by a dude who was bonking his sister. So if you didn't turn off then, I mean, whatever, you know, it's like, and I don't know, it was just a little bit annoying. I hope it doesn't turn into like another thing where people are going to quit the podcast because then I'll have to quit the podcast. <laughs> but um, it's like, who, you know, it, I, I, it totally, on, honestly, my perspective was going to say, um, I found a lot of this episode a bit predictable. I thought the writing was all over the wall that he was going to do this. The only thing that was surprising is that the mother at the end, and I thought that added a complexity to the scene that made it more interesting to me. But insofar as Stannis killing his daughter, I was not surprised at all. And I think the episode showed you that too. I mean, right away he's saying to Davos, yo, I'm sending you away, and it's obvious why he's doing it. I don't think that Davos knew or else I think he would take her away or try to stop it. Um, there was one thing, um, uh, our old friend Dennis Hoaxy on uh, Twitter said, um, had a theory, what happens if that's not actually Stannis' daughter? That uh, the, Timmy Hines' daughter. You know, who, uh, who knows? I just thought it'd be fun to throw it in there. But I don't know if that's what you were uh, building my... Um, speech up for Donald, but that's the way I feel about it. I think it's totally, um, it's in line with his character. And I think the guy eventually saw that, but I can understand from a book reader's perspective, if you, if you see the character in a different way, then you see the character in a different way. But this is a TV, this is the TV show. I didn't watch the book tonight. Uh-huh. You didn't? I wa- no, I didn't. I tried. It was weird. It just it just sat there in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the pens in the corner. The pages didn't turn or nothing. It just sat there. Um, oh, but, you know, who knows? I may be, I'm thinking about listening to the audio book or reading the first book. So who knows? By the next time, I might be a book reader. But there's no way I, if the, another book comes out that I'd finish it in time. I, I don't know. I've been thinking about it, but I probably wouldn't do it. I don't know. I, I ran through those first three books pretty quick, especially in that off season. You, you find that you have a lot more time than you, than you think. Yeah, maybe. But I guess the only, what I kind of wanted to show because of the, the guy's last tweet, um, and with all respect to him, I think he's just letting his book reader knowledge uh, uh, make make his own judgment for him. Because his last tweet was that as a book reader, he would never sacrifice his family. And then you said, "I see your point," but it's a TV show, man. I think you have to kind of understand that, but we're, we're, we're dealing with a weird sort set of circumstances because very rarely do we have these TV shows or movies that are based on the books and they don't deter so much almost immediately that is no point in comparing them. 
But because Game of Thrones has stayed so so close to the books, then you you, you still have making those comparisons, even though they've returned a lot. They still they're still pretty close to the plot. So you just have to deal with that kind of stuff, and people get mad, people get angry. But as far as the Stannis stuff goes and Melisandre goes, if anybody has any theories or what's going to happen next, want to put that out there before the finale, feel free to do so right now. I'm just, uh, I'm wondering what the hell the she, her the burning her is going to accomplish. Because at least the last time you saw the them staring into the fire, this time mm-hmm. everybody's looking at the fire. It's not like they saw anything and they were like, you saw some kind of like, you know, awe on their face, like they saw something wild. You didn't see any smoke thing rise up or shadow thing rise up. It was just, I don't know, too strange. It was almost like like they're being used to just wipe out the Baratheon line. I, I'm not I'm not too sure that it's going to do anything. What do you guys think that's going to happen with that? Um, I my feeling is similar to what I said on an earlier podcast, which is that. It's not always direct causation that this spell seems to work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised to see in the next episode something befall Ramsey and Roos that have nothing to do with Stannis. Maybe it has to do with um, uh, Podrick and uh, Brienne or someone else, you know? Maybe but what's see, his... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, I mean, that's the problem with that theory is what were your examples that you used before? Well, Joffrey, um, we, we've we seen two instances of indirect death when the leeches, so that was Joffrey and um, Tywin, right? Yeah, but Joffrey was killed by little by little finger. No, that's what and, I'm saying. Yeah, right. And that's and and to to ascribe that to magic to me seems not in the character of the show. Like clearly, she went and had the smoke okay. baby, and and it had Stannis's face and and all that business. That is something that I think that you can kind of give her credit for, but. I I don't I feel like the show is more political than you know than magical and to me it seems I don't ascribe those because I was listening to you say that and I don't ascribe those to her really okay no I and I think I said also maybe that means that she's bullshitting you know so <laughs> right. it that's what I mean it's inter- maybe this will show us but maybe it'll just happen again. Because, well, you know, what I found interesting was she was looking into the flames. They didn't. And she was like staring into them. Was she like high on, on her own supply or was she really <laughs> seeing the vision? <laughs> so that I thought was, that was a fake out. Actually, I thought that they were going to show like Final Destination and she would wake up and then she would say, hey, they're going to come and burn the camp. But then it was just happening. So spoiler alert. Yeah, but uh, interesting for, for Axel's points, I think whenever he was. Or whenever she was burning those leeches, I mean, we saw that one after another, coincidentally, or like you said, indirectly, or like Mike said, didn't have anything to do with it. Like we saw that Joffrey did die. We saw that Rob did die. But the third name was, was Balin Greyjoy. And presumably he's still sitting in his chair looking at Theon's dick in a box. So, <laughs> I mean, is, is that, is that have, I mean, did that just not work? Did it just forget about it? Or, I mean, what, what was the point of that? It's kind of a, a plot that's kind of left hanging. 
Yeah, and I think that's what makes it weird, you know? That's why I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Balin Greyjoy was in the cell next to Braun and Dorn, so just to like... <laughs> but, but, I mean, it also goes to show what, I'm, what I guess I'm trying to say is, like, how deep does this Lord of Light go? You know what I mean? Like, if, if you are... If in the context of this show, these gods or these forces are real... Could they not align other circumstances to completely implausibly appear as if someone else did it, but they did? Yeah. I you mean, know? That, that, I think that is a discussion that you're supposed to be having. Yeah, I mean, right. that's what a god is, right? Or they're just BS and there's like some kind of Illuminati trying yeah. to pull strings, puppet masters. Well, well let, let, let's actually look at, without looking at the books, let's look at things that are actually in the show. I mean, we, we did see Thoros of Mir bring back Beric Dondarrion. We saw that happen. He came back from the dead, and it supposedly happened plenty of times. Now, is it just that Melisandre is just BS, and the the god of red of whatever light isn't necessarily working through her, but like it is working with Thoros? Mm. Very interesting, Donald. Or is that even what's happening in that situation? <laughs> yeah, is something else bringing him back? I mean, can he just not die? Is he... I don't know. But we haven't seen those guys again, so who knows where they are. They're probably looking at Theon's dick, too. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we're, we're an hour in, and we have one topic left. I think it is DJ Tim Hines' turn to start off, and I guess you have to pick between Danny and Danny. Oh, yeah. A little bit of the Marine Gladiator steam. It was... Uh... How, how should I say so eloquently as I put before? Little stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it was, it, at first it was like a cartoon-like sketch with Dario sticking his head in between yeah. his daughter and Danny. I'm like, what? What kind of like, like strange position are you in? If I was about to be king, like I'm going to, you know, not take that. And then he starts pulling his knife out and doing all those tricks, <laughs> like puffing his chest out. Like, what the hell are you doing? And it just, and it got silly. And, and then, you know, I, I just got lemon cakes all over the place. You know, the, for the harpies, that, that got me. That was awesome. To me, that was a twist I did not even see coming. And to fact, you know, I guess we got kind of got closure on his dog if he was the ruler because he got taken out. So he's, uh, you know, maybe just because he was gonna marry Danny, they didn't like that. He might have been in with them, but they just wiped him out. Um, but that that stuff was great. Uh, but you know, even Dario tells his daughter, "Shut your mouth!" Like that, like it just was un, uh, just unrealistic, you know. And then all these like weird little looks she has with Jara, that that uh, they're just kind of like, like. Are you serious? Like, do you love him now? Like, what's going on with you? Like, this girl's crazy. Then all of a sudden, dragon comes in. The dragon knows exactly which ones to fry, which ones to eat, and then gets a spear in the neck. Danny pulls it out. It was cool. Another spear on the side, two more. Then Danny, dragon flyer, hops on. All of a sudden, flies off. Spears are gone. All right, spears are gone. We had, we didn't, you know, maybe, maybe we assume she pulled them out while she was on top. But how, you know, what happens to her friends? They, they just stand there and like all the, all the, now all of the uh, harpies, they're just like, oh, wow, we're out of here. 
you guys are cool. Don't worry about it. You're with her. Like, no, she's in the air flying away. <laughs> Wipe the rest of them out. It just, it was, I don't know, stupid. Wow. Oh, wow. I have to say, Tim took my favorite scene of the episode and just kind of picked it apart. Thanks a lot. I'm sorry, guys. I really <laughs> apologize to everybody listening. I just, for, I don't know, I, I, want, I wanted to get into it so bad. But when I saw that Dragon Ball Z style head popping in, like, it was just so bizarre to me. <laughs> you know, like with Dario, it just set the tone right, strained right off the start. Uh, but, you know, hey, let's hear what you guys got to say. I think I'm going to save, save Heath for the last on this one. Slowly, what do you think? Um, oh, man, it seems worse now that DJ Tim Hines has <laughs> eviscerated it. Uh, I guess I, 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 I'll side a little bit, uh, with the DJ here in that I didn't exactly feel when the episode ended, I was like, oh, that's the end. And I kind of wish they'd ended it with Shireen getting burned alive. Cause that was a little bit more exciting, um, and meaningful, uh, even though it shouldn't have been because Danny riding the dragon is awesome, but also seeing that the dragon is not big enough, you know, like it's getting hurt by a couple of spears, yeah. you know, isn't it supposed to deflect anything? You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be this super strong creature, you know, that's everybody's scared of three dragons. She has three dragons and it's like, oh, this dragon's not, the, that's the biggest one too. So that was interesting. Um, the pageantry I didn't really buy into and I, 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 I don't know, I kind of liked the, the Dario stuff. I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it added a levity to it and it also, but it didn't pay off because I would have rather seen um, that his Dar was a part of them, you know, and his his wounds were also suspiciously not didn't look fatal. But maybe I'm just, you know, making that up. It seemed like he got him a little bit in the side of the stomach, you know, um, more than like in the heart or anything. But I could have been wrong about that. But they did go out of the way, I think, showing like showing him again twice after that. Um, I, yeah, I did. I do agree with him though, that when the dragon flew away, I was like, they're fucked now. <laughs> you know, they should have, I, I thought I was surprised that, uh, Tyrion didn't be like, yo, what <laughs> the guy, the harpy guys, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? Or like try to grab onto the tail or something. That would have been funny. Um, but it was a momentous thing, right? That she rode the dragon. I mean, we have been talking about, oh, she's going to have to learn how to do it. How she, and she just kind of did it, you know? Yeah, it, it, it almost seems like she's in tune with it emotionally. Yeah, and she closed her eyes and seemed to summon the dragon. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm not, you know, that part I thought was awesome as well. I did not, you know, I, I, I wanted to see the dragon fly. I just thought a lot of the things in this scene were stupid. But her getting on the dragon, that momentous occasion, like that... That's what we've been waiting for, and that, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and just doing it too, right? Like that's yeah, and that's she what was she confident. Yeah, that's finally. what she needs to do. Uh, after that, my wife said, "Oh, I guess they're gonna. She's gonna leave there now." And I thought, man, she should. You know, I, I mean, I do think that this is um, an allegory. Is I mean, hasn't it been written that it's like kind of like 
didn't railroad say it was like an allegory for like Iraq and Afghanistan and and what's the answer there? The answer there is get out. Drone strikes. Yeah, or well, uh, you just like let power. people figure out their own shit. Yeah, you All know, because right, well, you make it worse. Mike, uh, because Mike has a little book reader knowledge. Just from the, the three of you guys that are left, where do you think Danny is going now? Obviously, well, if you think she's going to King's Landing, then say that. But uh, Solo, what do you think? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Just give me a top, just top of your head. Like, is she just going to go right outside the city and then come back in? Like, what's left for her now? Because it seems like everything was starting to come together for her. All right. I'll say, uh, uh, what's that, Valerian or whatever, that that Stoneman place? Oh, Valerius. Is that where where, uh, Tyrion saw the um, Sordrogon fly? Yes. He's been doing recon work, so he's going to take her somewhere around there. Okay. Foley. Um, I could see that too. I was thinking along those lines, you know, why did we see Drogon, the magical dragon, <laughs> the most inventively named being of all time? Well, she named him after like Cal Drogo. <laughs> okay. Oh. My name is person. <laughs> <laughs> human. I am human. Um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I love that idea that she, that she's going to go to Valeria and find some kind of ancient scroll or being, much like Bran did, you know, like find something that's going to teach her or something. But I think the le- the lesson of there is was thinking about it, and my wife said to me also after she was like, "Why did they just kill all those people? Aren't they the lowborn? And my like, aren't they like them?" And my initial reaction was, I guess it's been explained that it is both. It's just people who want her out. So like she, they did this kind of crazy, like terrorist attack where they just, instead of blowing up a bomb, they just stabbed every motherfucker who was around, no matter if they were highborn, low, like whoever was there. It seemed to me, am I right in saying that? Like, is that what happened? I got that. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think it totally is like, you know, she's just, she's got to leave there and let them figure out for themselves um, what they're going to do. Like, she changed it up. She tried to outlaw slavery, but, you know, that's going to have to be something that they do because that's the only way it'll stick. I mean, I agree with that. Tim. Uh, I, I, I really was feeling that she's going to just, you know, hook around because she's, she's not leaving the other two dragons behind. Uh, she's got to come back and do something, you know, maybe regroup. Uh, I don't know how she's going to be able to. They seem like they took out a lot. I don't know how many more troops are outside of that Coliseum or arena area. Um, but I love Heat's theory because now that, like, that adventure stuff, like, that, that gets me, like, really, like, excited. So I would like to see that. So what's going on over there? Maybe she yeah. has power of the gray man, the 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 gray guys, stone man, the Mike Holes, stone man. Uh, oh, if Mike. I'm a, if I'm a, a son of Harpy, what I'm doing is I'm going right in that little cavern and I'm just gonna shoot up those dragons with spears, Try right? To kill them. Yeah, they even even there was one shot like when they're all standing there in awe, where they actually had time to go in there and they could have did real damage. Or maybe we'll find that they already did that. Who knows? Ooh. 
So as, as the High Sparrow, I'm allowed to switch up things. And I think I'm going to give Mike Hole the last word on this scene because he has some book knowledge. So Solo, tell us everything that you want to tell us on this scene because it's your only chance to do it. Okay. Freaking loved it. I don't care what DJ Timmy Hines says. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, all right. The whole Dario thing, it made sense with his character. He's freaking jealous. He's he's banging Danny. He doesn't want he wants her to marry him. So it's back and forth, you know, whatever. That's just, you know, it, his dar is just a freaking whatever. I hate his dar. Um, I think I was I was the same way though. Like when Danny gets on the dragon and leaves, I'm like, what about the rest? But I'm thinking because the purpose was to kill Danny, maybe they're just kind of like, all right, you know, they just scatter. But I loved when the dragon was taking out people with it. It was I loved it. I didn't see it coming. I freaking thought it was awesome. Jorah throwing that spear and taking out the happy. I thought that was freaking awesome. I love that. I did not see that coming. Um, I think with remember uh, Dr Drogon or Dragon or I am human. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing this is the first real fight where people are trying to attack him. He's burned a little, you know, sheep and, you know, we haven't seen anything. So I think maybe his instincts were a little off why he was getting speared. I did notice when Danny jumped on, there was the spears in it. But I guess maybe, like you said, when they flew off, maybe the spears disappeared. Maybe they didn't have it in the budget. Uh, I thought I thought <laughs> it looked great. Um, I, I, I'll i be honest. I freaking loved it. Um, I even love the fact that Jorah's about to get killed and that other guy kills that other dude thinking, okay, you know, Jorah's weaker. I'll kill this dude from behind. Now I'll kill the old man. So I think that was the strategy there. And I liked that. Um, Tyrion taking someone out. I mean, I freaking clapped and cheered like yeah. a, a little fanboy. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe after I rewatch, I'll agree more with Tim. Um, I, I mean, again, like everything, I understand the issues, but to be honest, I, I loved the scene. I was all in. I did not see the hoppies coming. Uh, I did like at first I'm like, okay, this is a good episode, but I'm like, what the heck's going to happen? And then boom, that stuff went nuts. And I think Danny going on the dragon, just like when he sniffed her hand and flew away and left. I, I think that was an epic moment. Yeah. Maybe it's a little peach dragon or whatever, or whatever <laughs> avatar. I don't know, but it, it just kind of, for me, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, and I needed a little cool moment at the end versus, you know, Shireen getting burnt because I, it would have been, I know it probably would have left you more jaw dropped and, you know, upset or off balance, but I'm glad we had a nice, uh, kind of a cool ending there. So that's my five cents. Take yeah. it a little bit. Um, well, it is initial reaction. So you don't have to feel bad about not liking it or liking it too much. It, so, yeah. Like, I don't feel bad to be honest, yeah. but I just say right, that for reasons. I just wanted to say, did you guys notice, I don't know if it was, like, on purpose or if it was a goof, but, like, when Jorah gave her that look and he came back into the fold, kind of, and then all hell breaks loose, he takes her by the hand. The guy with the grayscale grabs her yeah. and leads her out. Like, I, I'm not sure if that was, you know, just, like, going to get brushed over or if maybe, that you know, that could hurt her. Was it the right, was it the correct hand that the grayscale was on? This is the initial reaction. I didn't rewind it or anything like that, so I will. Have to. I don't know if it matters. I, I don't you know if it's how it's transmitted. Okay. What? But he touched Tyrion in that in that same episode that he got it because he had to get him out of the water. So that's right. Grayscale and everyone—they're all gonna die. But um, 
What are Mike, they? I'm going to throw this over to you. As a book reader, you know that they really, really condensed the Marine story to get to this point because this is about right, right where the book ends, uh, at least for Danny. So how do you feel about n- not just this scene but as the, the Marine as a, as a whole? I wish the book would have been more like the TV show. The book was boring, and a lot of the Marine stuff was just ridiculous. The Hisdar character was... The Hisdar character was much more interesting in the book for his development um, that got left out of the show. But generally speaking, I felt like Marine, and also especially getting Tyrion you know, in the in the chamber, dressed up in some nice marine clothes, <laughs> some rich marine kids' pants, you know, uh, <laughs> drinking nice wine, like, especially, like, you know, making it happen as far as that goes, I thought was really well done. Especially, yeah, I, I mean, when you're talking that. about... Well, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but I think it's safe to say that in the books, Tyrion and, and Daenerys have never met. At least not yet. Right. Right. So let's throw that out there. I know Axel likes that kind of stuff. Guess I'm not reading the books now. Thanks a lot, Donald. <laughs> yeah, I spoiled them all. Well, too bad. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Peace for Danny. Oh, great. Uh, you know, I'm as far as the scene goes. I had two things that I, you know, when they were standing in a circle and and they're surrounded by harpies and they're all attacking one at a time. Like that's like that's been like bad karate movies since the '70s. Guys, come on, you know you. You could have thought of that. And somebody mentioned that in one of the earlier fights, too. But um, And then the very end where she's on the thing's back, the CGI definitely got pretty, like, pretty 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it went kind of soft at that point. Um, but really, Never other than those two moments, I really loved the scene. <laughs> I really Sorry. loved it, man. I was all, I was in, you know. I was excited by the whole thing. And, and this is one... Because I've talked about the difference between, you know, being a book reader and a non-book reader. And there's certain scenes like The Red Wedding, for example. I'm glad I hadn't read the books yet when The Red Wedding happened. I was That I thought was crazy. You know, the whole fight between Oberyn and the Mountain, I hadn't read the books yet. So that was oh, wow. really super exciting. But this was a case where, you know, knowing that the dragon was going to show up really brought a kind of level of tension to this scene and like excitement, like, you know, for me to the scene that I don't think I would have had if I hadn't read the books. I think I would have been kind of watching along like, okay, she doesn't like the fighting. It's making her kind of sick and really would be thinking that this was more about Jorah. If I hadn't read the books, I would be thinking this scene was really about Jorah. You know, and then the harpies come out, and that's very exciting. But so I, this was one place where I felt like being a book reader was a real advantage. Yeah, I, I started reading uh, after season two, so for all those big moments, I knew. And most of the time, I had somebody sitting there, and I could sort of relive it through them and watch it for the show for the first time. So I feel like honestly, it was more exciting having read the books because I get to see see it twice. I get to see how they're going to do it in the show, what they're going to change, and I also get to see the reaction on other people's faces and get to hear other people's reactions. But I think it's, I think it's something that everybody should experience at one point, whether you guys hurry up and read the books before the finale or something, which at this point I don't think any of you guys are going to do that. But I'm going to do it right it, now. <laughs> go ahead. It's definitely it's a different feeling having, having done both, and I, I, I've done both. So I'm still debating right now if that book comes out before the season starts if I'm going to read it. Uh, Mike, do you know if you're going to read it yet? 
I will read it the <laughs> moment it is available. The moment somebody puts a fake one on the internet, I'm going to download it and read it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still debating, so I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go through to everybody. I'm going to give you a chance to say anything else you want to say and also give me a 1 through 10 rating. So, Mike, while I have you. Uh, I don't know. At this point, I feel like I've been complaining basically for the last hour, but I'd definitely give the episode a 9. I really enjoyed it. The whole Shireen thing just, you know, turned my stomach, and yeah. the end was really, you know, kind of nerve. I mean, I really enjoyed the end. Like, it was just a lot of nervous tension for me, and overall, I thought the episode was really great. I think I would mostly agree with that, and it's kind of weird. I'm usually the one that's complaining, and you guys are defending the episode, but I have to kind of be a little opposite on here. But, Tim, give us a rating. Be nice, please. <laughs> well, the first thing, uh, the last thing I wanted to say is that... uh I love this this shot with the the little quick line when his daughter says, "I believe large men always triumph over small men," and then they they like focused on Tyrion and he looks at him like, "What?" <laughs> you know, and and he's like, "I made it here," you know. So like I I kind of like that. That was a cool little thing. But uh, as far as the rating, I did like the episode. It just that that last kind of scene just was a little goofy. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. That's fair, and uh, nobody really mentioned it, but Tyrion did have some some pretty cool lines in here, and some pretty cool reactions that, to me, sort of made us think that his daughter was gonna turn out to be evil, but it didn't go anywhere. So, Axel, last thoughts and a rating. Um, I guess I give it an eight. Like I said, I found it was a little predictable. I didn't buy everything, but I like the direction that the story is moving in. And I think that we're going to see a repeat of what we saw last season, um, where instead of um, Tywin dying, it's going to be Cersei. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you've, been, you've been harping, no pun intended, on that oh. all year about Cersei dying. So I'm curious to see if that's going to come true. Because they've already killed... One, I think this is the probably the third or fourth person that isn't dead yet in the books or will die. They've killed him, so I, I couldn't tell you who's going to die and who isn't. I kind of like that. So, uh, Solo, last right. thoughts and rating. Uh, I give it a 8.6. Mm. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I uh, Even with the goofy stuff, I still enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again and little felling it out with Sir Folo and see if we can come up with some cool theories. Uh, Donald, want to thank you for hosting tonight. You did a great job. I hope you don't behead me after this. Uh, DJ Timmy Hines, W. Axel Folo, and Mr. Mikey Hull. It's been a pleasure. I will not be on the initial reaction for the finale, unfortunately, uh, but there'll be plenty of podcasts after the IR to talk Game of Thrones in the offseason as podcast little fell to my little Daragales out there. We'll be doing more podcasts in the offseason. I hope all of you will join us. Daragales, Dracaris, Muchos Gracias. Okay, so I guess that's it. I'm just going to pass my final sentences on you guys and then I'll close it out. Heath Solo and Axel Foley, you are sentenced to do podcast little fell this week. So I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> Mike Hole, you are sentenced to the wall. Pack your things. <laughs> Tim, Tim Hines, you did not like this episode. I sentenced you to death. Oh, Damn. Sorry, man. It was nice knowing you. Can but I go I guess, to the wall, please? 
That's it. <laughs> Follow the, the podcast on Twitter. Podcast L, is that it? You got it. Podcast L, follow us. I don't care about it. Don't follow my name. I don't care. Send an email to podcastlittlefell at gmail.com. Do that. You got Goodbye. a list? Send it. So, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All this up. Later. I'm done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.